Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Winchester Radio and our first show of the new year. Happy New Year to everybody. Um, tonight, we're going to be discussing the latest episode, which is entitled Road Trip. Um, it was written by Andrew Dabb and directed by the wonderful Robert Singer. Um, it was a terrific episode, and it had a, a whole lot of stuff going on. Um, I was watching, 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 and I thought surely like 45 minutes had gone by, and 15 had gone by. So there's a there's a whole lot going on. Um, we don't have a guest this evening, so in, perhaps in a little bit we will definitely start taking guest call-ins. If anybody has a comment or a question about this episode, uh, that phone number is 347-205-9801. Thank you to everyone who's uh, listening to us right now and who will download us later. You can find us at blogtalkradio.com slash media boulevard, and boulevard is abbreviated B-L-V-D. Um, you can always uh, subscribe to and listen and watch through iTunes. Um, you can go to our website, winchesterbrothers.com, and click on the blog talk radio link on the side. On both of those, we talk about the podcast and give out links. And any other supernatural-related information you can possibly think of, we should have the answer somewhere in there. Um, latest thing, if you don't already know, Jensen and Jared presented at the uh, Critics' Choice Awards last night, and there's been lots of great pictures and videos going around. So check out our site for those. Uh, I'm Susan, here with Becky and Vinny. Hi, you guys. Howdy. There's Becky. Hey, everyone. There's me. Okay, let's go on a road trip. Um, oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, a bit, well, I, or not. <laughs> I can okay. go with it because it, we yeah. said. I want to start this by saying, by being completely honest with something. Despite the fact that the the mid-season finale was really, really good. I had a lot of ennui about the show coming back. I'm going to be very honest. I was not excited. I was not excited. I didn't want... I was not excited to watch it. I was not excited to do the podcast. I was not excited to recap. I was like, this is a burden. Ugh, I don't want to do this. And then I watched the episode, and everything's fine. Everything... I'm, no, I'm I'm back. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> that's good, but why do you think you were you were you know, about looking, everything? Looking back on it, and uh, every season, season finale, um, a couple of us get together and do uh, a roundtable with Clarissa, Clarissa three seven three, and they're on, they're on screensad dot com, and so we do that, and so you you go back over the season. And going back over the first half of the season, not really a half, like the first third, I realized that I wasn't enjoying it as much as I thought I was. I really disliked more than I liked about a lot of it. And what I did like had less to do with the storytelling and more to do with the presentation of it. 
and which sucks because this is my favorite. This is my favorite show. So to be, I have overly high expectations for it to begin with. So mm-hmm. for me to feel very ambivalent about it was heartbreaking. But I realized that for one, I just looking back, I really disliked Dog Bean Afternoon. I just the highlight of that episode is Jensen's portrayal of a dog. But in reality, I'm just not a fan. And mm-hmm. I miss Sam. I miss Sam. <laughs> I'm gonna be really honest. I miss Sam. Well, that's the big difference in the first first now ten episodes of the season. We had somebody who looked Sam, walked like Sam, had gorgeous hair like Sam, but it wasn't Sam. And nope. maybe that was that was the issue because as much as I've enjoyed Jared so far this season because man he's he's earning his paycheck this season boy with all oh, the characters definitely. and everything they've been going through and switching from one to another you know in the space of seconds sometimes it's it's absolutely. You know, we're, we're, I'm, I'm missing Sam, and I'm missing Sam and Dean. And yes. now, of course, at the end of this episode, we have the obligatory brother breakup. So, I'm, you know, I've got Sam back, but at least for a little while, I'm not going to get Sam and Dean. So, yikes. Frustrated. Well, and I will say that uh, you kind of need... <laughs> You kind of need some, the breakup to happen, especially in the situation. I like that they did it where it wasn't really a breakup. It was, well, it kind of is. We know it's not, but, and Dean thinks mm-hmm. it is. But, you know, we all went into <laughs> it expecting me. <laughs> right? We all went into expecting Sam to be like, pack your, pack your stuff and get out. <laughs> or I'm leaving. I'm leaving. I didn't see Dean saying, I have to go. I have to go. Which, you know, mm-hmm. what Sam is basically telling him is go find yourself. But, you mm-hmm. know, Dean doesn't see it that then, way at this point. Yeah, I mean, we jumped we jumped all the way to the end of the episode, but that's a, it is a very big deal, and it is when we finally get Sam back. And even a Sam who's not 100% physically well, because Cass says, you know, I can... I'm healing you, but it's going to be in stages. You know, we can't do this all at once. And we saw you saw Sam kind of very, very wobbly when Cass is trying to, you know, heal the wounds on his face and and head and and all that. And God, where was I going with that? He oh, <laughs> um, jeez. Ah, it'll come to me. Go ahead. I will say, um, like both of you, I have missed Sam, too. Jared has been outstanding this season. He's been just amazing with the 50 million different characters it feels like he's been playing. Mm-hmm. But I, it's just, you know, we miss Sam Winchester, the, you know, the guy we fell in love with, you know, back eight years ago. Mm-hmm. And so, and you know, and like, like you said, Susan, the Sam and Dean relationship has just not been there, and that's the whole reason we mm-hmm. watch the show, you know. So mm-hmm. we've 
really, really missed that. And so Which when we was when, my, it, when it showed the scene in his head, when Crowley showed up, you know, and there's Sam sitting over his books, I was like, oh, there you are. <laughs> that's yeah. exactly what happened to me. Because about, about five minutes before that happened, I turned to my mother and I went, I miss Sam. Because it's not yeah, just there about he was. It's not just about researching and, do something. and talking yeah. about ghouls and cheerleaders. <laughs> yeah, or just the, basically and, just the just the sound of Sam because Gadriel sounds completely different than Sam. Mm-hmm. It's not just you know it's not just the pacing of the words. Jared makes his voice different, and so mm-hmm. there is no Sam there. Yeah. And, so I thought I it was kind of funny that it involved ghouls and cheerleaders because ghouls, you know, Sam, Sam almost was, was almost eaten by a, by a ghoul or two of them, and so he's pretty traumatized by them. And then uh, cheerleaders are really more Dean's thing than Sam. Yeah. No, so, but yeah. it's okay. What's Gadriel going to sure. do? You know, maybe he found sure. a whole new aspect of Sam that we didn't know. Well, <laughs> he's I mean, got we a know, cheerleader you know. <laughs> Despite the, the fact that Sam isn't overt about his about his <laughs> his desires, mm-hmm. we yeah. know he has them. So you know, <laughs> and also if he's, if he's you know a ghoul is something that he can at this point that's that's easy for them. That's nothing, mm-hmm. and right. it really just gives him a chance to make fun of being being a of skeeve. I'm sure so. I can see why it would put him in a comfort zone. Why? Why? It's so hard for me to say, Gadriel. Why Gadriel would think it, it would be a comfortable place to put Sam? Mhm. Well, I I want to call him Gadriel, so we'll just. I do that too. I have to stop together. myself because I want to say Gadriel. Yeah, that seems like it should be that way. I I when Cass first came on the show, I called him Castiel, not Castiel. So me too. To me, that's that's like well, that's the uh, whole Gabriel or Danielle to me. So well, that's the whole reason that they went with the whole casting was because the way Jared said, ca- ca- no, I can't even say it, Castiel. Uh, like he just oh, put it Castiel. like really rapid. Yeah, he Castiel. said Castiel. So they went with Cass. <laughs> <laughs> and it makes sense because I want to say Castiel, but it's Castiel. So, yeah, yeah. angel names are hard when you don't live north. <laughs> All you, you know, you Yanks have it easy. Um, I live in South Florida. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. You struggle like I struggle. That's what I'm saying. So the Yankee people, they have it easy. The rest of us, we're like, wait, how? <laughs> I know. It's like angel names are hard, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, okay, yeah. Um, so, getting back on track. <laughs> yes, I did like. Oh, I, I I liked the I liked the jab even if Jer, even if Jared hadn't tweeted about Justin Bieber, I really liked the jab at Justin Bieber that this episode had. Yeah, um, that was oh, with yeah. Uh, with Corey, Talk about some symmetry, boy. Some serendipity. Yeah, well, I, I mean, have a feeling, Jared. I have a feeling, Jared, did The war he has started with the Justin Bieber fans is amusing me greatly. <laughs> yes. Oh, I, 
I'm on, a personal, like, on a personal note, it makes me happy because since I work in a, in a place where we sell Justin Bieber perfume, and I have <laughs> seen, we used to have this giant cutout of, of Justin Bieber that we would put in the window, and if you would look really oh, quick, wow. or sometimes when we'd come in in the morning, it would look like somebody had broken in. And also, like, if you turned around a pillar a certain way, it looked like someone was sneaking up on you. But no, it was just a giant Justin Bieber cutout. <laughs> and girls would come in and, no, girls would come in and take their picture with the cutout, cry. I had a man oh offer me $2,500 for the cutout <laughs> because his daughter oh, had, like, a meltdown at our store. <laughs> Oh, my so, God. I have so many Justin Bieber. I have come home smelling like Justin Bieber's various perfumes because people <laughs> just spray it all day. So, oh my yeah, on a personal note, I liked watching the I liked watching the Supernatural version of Justin Bieber get an angel blade right through the heart. Yeah. He was such a it was, thera- it was therapeutic for me. Yeah. Well, he was extremely I, annoying, and I was happy to see him go. But I did like I, I did like the, I liked the idea of an angel possessing someone like that, and his 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 thought process of being now I'm a god because it kind of reflects back to when we had Paris when we had the uh, Paris Hilton say, you know, you used to worship gods and now this is what you worship. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah. I like that little call. I like that callback to it. The that it, you know it still rings true. I wonder how he got Thaddeus got Corey to say yes. Well, and I, mean, I have that know, same I thought these... with um, I have that same Thomas? thought with Alexander Sarver because Abner says that he was an abusive ass. I have a theory mm-hmm. on the Alexander Sarver one. Mm-hmm. He he was abusive, but there are plenty of abusive Christians as well. You know, oh well, yeah, there's abusive, it, and and okay. I I can see him totally as one of those. Um, not I'm not insulting anybody, but uh, you know, one of those who bumpers whose wife has to do. You know, the wife is there to serve the man. You know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And right. I, I could that's that's the way I was thinking. He probably was. I yeah. thought about that too, and, and I guess you know, even if you, I guess even if you are a spoiled brat teenager with more money than you know what to do with, and more power than you know what to do with, I guess maybe there are fundamentals that are ingrained in you that still exist on some level. Mhm. So, I don't know, but it was it was strange. I thought the same thing. Like, hmm. And yeah. speaking of Alexander Sarver, how I about flipped over when I saw that Dan Payne was in the episode. Yeah, oh, what yeah. a great surprise. Yes, how awesome. For those he who was fantastic. Dan, um, you know, he played Caesar Divine in Divine the Series, which if you have not watched it, you need to find it. It's great. It's awesome. It was created yes. by Ivan Hayden, who is visual effects supervisor for Supernatural, Misha Collins stars in it, the great Alan Salkins is in it, lots of good, it's just amazing. And um, Dan has also been on our podcast before for Divine. He's mm-hmm. probably one of the nicest people I've ever met. Absolutely sweet, and he's, a, he's so huge. Like, he, 
He's ginormous. <laughs> yes, yes, he makes me Jared, feel so, so tiny. Yeah, and yet he's he, bigger than him. Jared was not he's, kidding. He is bigger. And he's significant. Yeah, he's significantly larger than Jared. And yet he is the sweetest man. He's just so nice and, like, fantastic. And he was so on back our podcast. Our, go back to our old podcast and listen to ours with Dan where we talked about Divine. And what's so sweet is he had to go uh, when he had to in the podcast because I, he had to give his kids a bath. <laughs> and I'm like, yes. oh, you're just so Yeah, sweet. it was adorable. <laughs> and he was so funny. He had a great sense of humor. And yeah. and everything, yeah, it was great to see him. And I even Jared tweeted about him and said if he was bigger than him, and it, that's hard to find. <laughs> yeah, bigger than Jared. <laughs> so yeah, he was great. Um, and also, Gadriel, uh, Gadriel, mm-hmm. took mm-hmm. Tom O'Penicut. <laughs> Tom took Tom Back. Too many hard names. Too many yes. hard names. I, also, I a very tall, also a very tall man. And also a very <laughs> yes, tall man. Yes. And again, I, he was a surprise to me. I don't know if he was in the credits. I, I, I missed it. I was busy watching and missed yeah, the credits. Yeah, but he, he was in the credits. So, so great to, to see him back. Because I kept thinking, you know, he's so wonderful that it couldn't just be that he was in that one episode. You know, we had to see his him back again and but he took he just took that vessel back Gadriel I mean is it once you well, take no, the vessel asked. you can just go right back in again no he he asked because right before he, says, yes, he takes yes. in he, he, he looks down and he says yes so he didn't oh, have to ask okay. again all right I just wondered it's, a, I thought, it's, well, a, very, it's because... a very quiet subtle moment but he does say yes mm-hmm. okay I'll have to go back and see it when I watched it I didn't I didn't see but I wondered also I don't know maybe maybe I well obviously you do have to ask every single time but I thought maybe once the vessel says yes it's leave you can come back and well because Cassiel didn't have yes to ask Jimmy twice. twice what's that or Cassiel had to Jimmy had to give Cassiel permission twice uh, okay. um, um, speaking of Cassiel speaking of Cassiel where did he get a trench coat again did you say I, why I or where? The, I love like, the new coat. I love the new it, coat. I think it's really. I like I the love, new coat, and you know, actually, it's not even the coat that I like. What I really like is the coat and no tie combination. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. I just want to know where he got a coat. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was how in the backseat of the kids' mobile. <laughs> How is that a priority at any point? It was like, I have my grace back. Oh, I'm dressed completely wrong for this event. <laughs> I need a different suit, and I need a shirt, and, well, I'll skip the tie this time. But, but I, one of my favorite like lines it. was when Crowley said to Cecily, you know, I know, no tie. It's hard to recognize him. <laughs> yes, I enjoyed that. Uh, well, what I what I liked about it, um, and who knows? Maybe he found the code in the back of his his uh, new pimpmobile car. For all we know, and <laughs> it raises questions about the man driving wearing a trench coat that I really don't want to think about too much. <laughs> but but <laughs> um, to me, the and it's a shorter trench coat. It's not as long as the other one. No. And he's got a dark suit and a white shirt. Which, if anybody watches Person of Interest, that is Teresa's uniform: black suit, white shirt, no tie. And um, 
kind of badass looking. And I like that he doesn't have a tie. And to me, it's indicative to what is a is a new cast in this, in this that began in this episode because to me, he seems more serene. He seems older. I mean, he's already, of course, ancient, but he seems, the only expression I come up with is older and wiser. He was he was strong, he was forceful, but he dealt very gently with Dean. I mean, he was honest in what he what he said. You know, like, yes, you were stupid, but you were stupid for the right reasons. And I think he's much more understanding now because of what he's been through, and he learned a lot as a human. And he seemed very different to me, and Misha was playing him a little bit different to me, almost like a real sense of inner peace. I was going to say, his, even his vernacular, his vernacular was a little bit different. The way he spoke was more, natural. more casual. Yeah, more casual and mm-hmm. more, more fluid. And it was almost mm-hmm. a sense of, you know, when you say that, you know, you, you finally come into your own kind of thing. Yeah. And you're finally comfortable in your own skin. Where I yeah. felt like this was, this was a Castiel that felt com- finally felt comfortable in his, air quote, own skin. Yeah. Um, like he, like he's older and mature, which I will you know, say is a strange though, way to express it, but that's how it, that's how it felt to me. I will say though, and I thought about this after I did my recap, and I'm so angry that I didn't think about it until after. But how did he work at a gas station and not know why his car stopped? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I like, what is that? Not connected. Who knows? I don't know, but it was funny. <laughs> Just inexplicably bumped. <laughs> it's just, I mean, it was a cute joke and all, but I'm like, you weren't yeah. in a gas station. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, there's still that is kind of cast to just not exactly why people were there. Maybe you thought they came in for the coffee and the beef jerky. And just, I, you know, and you know what? Surely all the times riding with Dean, he would know that Dean would stop and put gas in the um, Well, but he didn't ride with Dean very I, much. He would, he would pop in and pop out. But yeah. really not for any significant or prolonged periods of time did he actually ride with Dean. So that we saw, you know. Cause yeah, I find it terrifying that he, that he was driving. Yeah, I find it terrifying that he was driving. Because I don't I don't understand how he knows how to drive. And I don't like it. I feel like he was a terrible. What I also thought oh, was really no. interesting was that You're at right. no point did yeah at no point did Dean say I'm going to drive or can I drive your car, Cassiel? He just said <laughs> uh, he just said get in the back. Yeah, <laughs> and it was just understood that he would be the driver. He, it was just understood that he'd be the driver. So I thought that was, you know, yeah. the deference was, was interesting. Um, I thought that was very really funny because he makes, Crowley calls shotgun. Dean says no in the back. And then Misha, not Misha, Cassiel is so proud because he thinks, you know, of course Dean he finally fighting shotgun. And then Dean says, no, you in the back too to watch him. And then they start fighting like, like little kids and Dean just yells at both of them. And it was very funny. I expect him to say, I will turn this car around. You know, <laughs> you don't stop fighting. Well, and I really funny. enjoyed, I enjoyed pretty much all the dynamics in this episode, but I enjoyed Crowley and Cass a lot because, you know, at one point they were allies 
And to have Castiel have that level of animosity mm, was really fun to watch. It was really fun yeah. for him to just, I'm not even going to engage with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, when you betray us, I will be the one to I'll carve, be the one out, to your carve out your heart. So, I, I wanted, which I wanted was not hurt Crowley at all, but is a really, you know, morbid thing to do. Mm-hmm. But I, um, I just speaking of, mention, huh? I just wanted to mention on a completely different subject. So if you want, if you have something to talk about on this one, keep going because mine is on a different subject. I was, or you I was just gonna. I was just going to switch gears a little to Crowley, so whatever. Go ahead. Okay, well, I, was just, I just have to mention how heartbreaking the opening scene was with mm-hmm. Kevin's Hunter funeral. It's like, no, don't burn his body. He can't come back if you burn his body. Don't do that. And I oh, cried all was... over again. I watched it and, oh. and not having, and it had been a while, you know, and I, it was just like it had just happened. It just Killed me, and then when I rewatched the episode, it killed me all over again. I just, I just, it was, it was too much for me. And the picture of of Mama Tran and Kevin on his phone. Yes. And what 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 it killed me even more than the phone picture was his glass of milk and his plate with his bread crust. Mm. Yes, that's what was worse for me than the phone or anything. It was, it was just that everything was just as he left it. Yeah. It just, and I can totally understand. I would have been like Dean too and just tearing mm-hmm. the place down. If, you know, because that was just yeah. heartbreaking. And, and Dean breaking down was again heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. It was just, and with the Bob Seger song playing over top of it, it was absolutely mm-hmm. perfect. I have I'm to so say that I'm so, I'm, I'm, I'm angry at Dean for what happened with Kevin. So, like, his breakdown doesn't affect me. Kevin's, Kevin's death affects me, but Dean's response to it, I'm like, yeah, well. Hmm. I see. I completely I understand. I, I I understand what he did, even though it was wrong. I don't believe he should have done it. I understand why he did it and what mm-hmm. and why he and I am. I, that's Dean. That's what Dean does. Yeah. I'm, and I promise I'm you. Totally, I'm I promise totally you. But I'm totally mad at him, too, because he, you know, he took all of Sam's choices away. And, you know, yeah, Sam's alive, but which I'm very grateful for. And, of course, he's going, of course Sam's alive. They're not going to kill off Sam without Sam. There's no show. But, mm-hmm. I, you know, I to, I'm totally pissed at him, too, but I totally understand. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I promise you that you... Or, or they don't don't hate Dean more than Dean hates Dean. About so that. He's, he's so guilty and he's so traumatized and he and he's just filled with just self loathing about everything. I mean, this is what Jensen meant by Dean being in the darkest place he's seen him, you know, probably ever and that's that's why I can feel for him because it's not like he did it and he's and he's just so casual and cavalier about it. It's like I don't think he would make a different decision because it's Sam and he's always going to decide for Sam and and for himself actually because he doesn't want to give 
Sam up. But yeah, I can I can feel for him because he's just he's so heartbroken and, and grief stricken and guilt ridden himself. Dean has always he's 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 like Buffy in a way. He has an inferiority complex and a superiority complex at the same time. You know, he's mm-hmm. always had really low self esteem, but he always also thinks he's, you know, the best-looking guy, you know, the hottest guy, mm-hmm. the guy who can get all the girls. You know, so he's always been that complex guy. Yeah. But I don't it, think it's it, that much. I don't think, that's he, the insecurity, I don't, I think a lot of that I is think. bluster, but I do think that Dean thinks mm-hmm. he knows best. Yeah, I, I completely mm-hmm. agree. And that was the problem at the end. Dean was saying, instead of, you know, accepting that he made a mistake, with Sam, he was just saying, no, he's just bad luck. You know, he's, he, you know, instead of admitting that he was wrong. Well, yeah, because what does he say, what does he say earlier? He says, I got tricked. I got played. Yeah. Like, it doesn't and, even occur to him. Like, the problem, for him, the problem is not the decision he made, it's that it went. The only, the only time astray. he comes close, the only time he comes close to admitting that he made a, that he made a mistake was at the beginning when he tells Cass, I'm so damn stupid. And mm. that's, that's the closest he came to. But, but I don't think it wasn't, it wasn't because he was wrong. He was saying it because he got tricked. Yeah, I don't think he feels at that point that, like, oh, I was so stupid because of the decision I made. It was I was so stupid for not... To accept that. Because, you know, exactly. the idea is you don't con a con man. And Dean Winchester is a con man who got conned. Yep. And it parallels, kind of, one of my all-time favorite scenes, which in um, All Hell Breaks Loose Part 2, when um, Dean and Bobby are in the junkyard, and Bobby confronts him, what did you do, you know, and mm-hmm. Sam's like, you know, Dean tells him what he did, and that's, it's because, you know, he's his brother, and he might as well make his life worth something, and Bobby says, you know, like it wasn't before, and it's, you know, Sam's always, Dean's always had that really low self-esteem, but that time, I feel like he did it for the right reasons, whereas now he did it for the wrong reasons. Agreed, because doing it this way, it was a manipulation, Mm-hmm. Where, where with what what he did with all helpers, he was selling his soul. It's what John did too. It's it's my life for yours. It's what a it's what a parent does. And it affected it it affected Dean completely. You know. Mm-hmm. If, um, well, where I, I know. Well, you you know this is why I'm saying with with what the, with the deal he made with who he thought was Ezekiel at the time. The deal he made there was to let. Sam be possessed. It didn't physically affect Dean any. Whereas with the deal in All Hell Breaks Loose, it affects you know, it affected Dean physically. It did. You know what I'm. You know what I mean? I get what you mean. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying the. It still affected both of them because, and that again, that's Dean's selfishness, but it's also his low self-esteem to think that he can't live without Sam but he's willing to let himself die and, okay, Sam, you go try to live without me. And not seeing but how it messed Sam up as well. Now, but, like, now, 
if the deal if the deal he had made was for him to die instead of Sam, uh, you know, I that would be less. I could see where Sam would be pissed because Dean's dying, but not pissed because he's like taking his choices away and stuff like he did this. He, oh you know, yeah, no, this was a complete loss of agency. Like that's the whole thing. Like exactly. this is a thirty-year-old man, and no one's letting him make his own decisions. Exactly, and whereas also we know Sam even though at or like in season three and everything when Dean died and went to hell, Sam, you know, barely survived that summer. You know, he had Ruby and he went to the dark side and all that stuff. But we've seen since then that he can go on, you know, the whole year. He when, can. However, the thing with Amelia, which I will, you know, yes, everyone says, you know, he just went on. He only went on basically – he only stopped because he hit a speed bump or, you know, a dog. Metaphorically, a speed bump. Because what he says, he was, how he was living his life before that, it was completely destructive. He hit the dog because he was driving drunk. That goes back to what we see in season four. But, see, he got his life back on track, whether it had been... Amelia, something, you know, he was able, you know, even though Amelia was the reason, the thing, he was going back to, he was trying to get back, go back to school, you know, and everything. So he, you know, he, he can now. Not, I'm not saying that I want him to. No, I don't want to, I don't want Dean to die. You know, I'm not saying that. But yeah, it's a very interesting discussion. What do you think? What do you think Sam means at the end when he says, um, go, I'm not going to stop you. Don't go thinking that's the problem because it's not. What do you think the problem is? I do think it's what we were saying, that, it, you know, yeah, Dean's thinking, Dean. thinking everything I touch turns to dust. And that's Sam, what he's Sam wants to understand it's not, it's not just your existence that does that. It's the... It's the competent choices you make that do that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. He's saying you gotta, you have to admit that you, you know, you make some mistakes sometimes. You were wrong, and instead of just thinking that you're bad luck. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Sam talked can, about can, can we talk before, about how, in, yeah. Can we talk about how the people who believe in Sam the most? and seem to trust Sam the most to make his own decisions, are always demons, and the demons are the most trustworthy people we are dealing with right now. Oh, Crowley was amazing in this episode. Love Crowley him. was yeah. fantastic. And it, 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 you know, obviously we have Crowley who is, he's a salesman, he's a businessman. Integrity means a lot to him. But he goes in there and he tells Sam, you have to do this. This is not for anybody mm-hmm. else to do. You have to do this. Poughkeepsie. <laughs> uh, I know that was fun. I'm just sad. <laughs> Probably going, Poughkeepsie. I say I'm going, yeah. Well, really? Poughkeepsie was funny. I'm sad. Yeah, I'm sad that it wasn't Funky Town. That it wasn't I'm what? So Funky Town. Funky I'm so sad about that. Oh, oh season that's two. Right. Funky Town. <laughs> yes. That's a real funny town. Then you had to give me a story. Why did you change it? (laughs) I think my favorite, 
my favorite line and line reading in the whole episode was when Kat, um, Crowley told Sam to get that holy that punk ass holy roller out. Mm, yeah, loved, loved it. No, nope. yeah. my favorite line reading was Sam actually saying "get out." That was oh awesome. yeah, that was awesome too. Both of them. I like when when um, Crowley tells Dean, you know, right now I'm I'm goodest human you've got. Yeah, you know? and he's right, and he's and he's totally right. Goodest guy you got. We saw a different Crowley this time too. It's the same slightly changed Crowley because of the human blood and his own sort of rethinking things. And we saw a lot of it when he was inside Sam's head trying to get him to, to fight Gadriel. Mm-hmm. And, and how wild so, was it to beat down? I mean, you know, we don't see the King of Hell get beat down, you know. And Gadriel was And the interesting that it... Yeah, the interesting thing that, you know, while it is in Sam's head, Sam is who stops Gadriel, Gadriel whatever, mm-hmm. from beating Crowley. <laughs> yep. Why is he the named Angel? Angel? That was so much easier. <laughs> <laughs> but he's who stopped the super mean Angel from beating Crowley. <laughs> I think my problem is I've been saying, this whole hiatus, I've been saying Gadriel. And in this episode, everyone said Gadriel. And so it's uh, it's too much shift for me, too. I was like, oh, is that how I'm supposed to be saying it? Oops. Um, The the demon that Crowley goes to talk to, Cecily, she's an idiot. I enjoyed her. Oh, my God. You never tell both sides that you're playing both sides. Yeah. yeah, I can. Yeah. Not the brightest demon in the dungeon, was she? <laughs> yeah, she Crowley, was Telling Crowley, I thought was smart because Crowley is a businessman. You know, he can see yeah. the good, good in that. But telling Abaddon, so stupid, so stupid. Mm. And but I am telling Crowley, yeah, telling Crowley on one hand because he's a businessman, but on the other hand, because he's a businessman. He values integrity, and that's not integrity as far as he's concerned. So he couldn't yeah. do anything to her then, but I could see him, if Abaddon hadn't taken care of her, I could see him going back for her later. Yeah. Well, he says, I keep my bargains. And he's right. Mm-hmm. I was thinking that even before he said it. He says, you know, he does. If you don't, yeah, if you don't keep up your reputation, people don't make the deals. They can't trust you to keep your end of the bargain. So, yeah, it's exactly. bad for business. And I absolutely love that he, you know, I love his version of hell because, you know, he keeps it all very businesslike, you know, and that makes him trustworthy. And I'm I'm totally Team Crowley. You know, Team Abaddon, Team Crowley. I'm totally Team Crowley. I'm Team Demon. (laughs) I'm just Team Demon. I don't care. I like both demons. I'm Team Demon. Just... I love I love Elena and I love her portrayal of Abaddon and I love Abaddon. But if I had to choose between those two mm-hmm. be the thing of, to be in charge of hell, I'd totally, totally oh, choose yeah. Crowley. Like, if I were a demon, I'd rather work for Crowley. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Crowley is that boss you have that you can come to them and go, look, this is the project that needs to get done. This is the time frame I've got. We can do this. 
Abaddon, you'd be like, um, where is she? She's not in her office. Where'd she go? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, she's the unstable I, I, one. You know, she's the nut, yeah. you know, that you just never know what she's going to do. <laughs> so if I had to work for a demon, I'd rather work for Crowley. But as far as watching the show, I just want to watch them both. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to watch them both. So yeah, and, um, that's so much fun. I do. This is wonderful. Yeah, I do wonder what Crowley's going to do with the information he has. They made it a point that Crowley didn't know Cass had been human, and they made a point to have Cecily tell him and break it all down for him. Mm-hmm. And they also made a point for us to know that Cassiel couldn't hear because the room was angel-proofed. Mm. Although, the way Misha played it was almost like, I can hear them, but I don't want to tell Dean what I can hear. So I'm not sure. Mm. But let's go, with, let's go with what's at face value. So they made a point to do that, and I'm interested to see what Crowley's going to do with that information. Yeah. How he's going to manipulate it. Yeah, and Cass isn't 100% either because he can't pop in and out. He can't angel travel. He's got to drive. He's got to angels. Yeah, the angels can't fly since the fall. Sorry? Well, since the angels can't, none of the angels can fly. And it's not his, it's not his grace, which I really, they better address the fact that it's not his grace. There, There has to be repercussions from that. I refuse for yeah. there to not be repercussions for that. But obviously got some of his powers because he can he can heal. Yeah, I think and he's he got warded, so there's he's got all he's got things. all the powers that all the angels have right now, but none yeah. of them can fly. Mm-hmm. No, none right of them now. can fly. Yeah, they all because mm-hmm. the fall or wings, mm-hmm. you know. But he didn't fall. He didn't fall. Though. No, he but it's fall. not his grace. Okay, and what does that have to do with wings? Well, he stole the grace of an angel who has no wings. Are wings tied to grace, or are they just well, like a a physical aspect of of something? They have to be tied to. They have to be. They're not. They have to be tied to something. Because there's no physical wings there. So they have to be something. You know, sure, we can see the shadows, but mm-hmm. in, but we can only see those when they allow us to see them. So I think yeah. it has to be, I think it has to be, a, even though they've never said on the show, and next week they may completely, you know, say, mm-hmm. say that we're wrong. Yeah. Uh, but I think since they're not actually physically there, that yeah, it has to be something mysterious. Like I don't know. If it, yeah, I don't know if it's so much tied, well, tied to the to the grace to the essence of an angel. So because but how come how see how do they be, you know, they all all the angels that fell they fell without wings and so all none of their vessels could fly at that point. Castiel's just a vessel. When he's human, he's just a vessel. I know, but but the question is. Okay, so wings are tied to grace and the essence of an angel, but healing powers aren't? Angel radio hearing isn't? 
Well, they said like, it, affected, it affected different things for different angles. If any of because the riders when we see them fall, we literally <laughs> see them burning. So burning affects your feathers. Burning doesn't affect your psychic medicine. You know what I mean. <laughs> you are making those, yourself as you go along. I know that. <laughs> I'm, making the, I'm making the verbiage up as I go along, but I've already thought about this in depth. Um, actually, Chris and I were having a, a conversation about this uh, yesterday. <laughs> Uh, but do you see why I'm asking? Because it's like something no, no, angel things. And there's like, well, how come I, I, you can have this angel thing, but you can't have that angel thing? And oh, no, I totally it's like, see why you're asking. Why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I totally, I totally get your logic. I'm just answering you in terms of, of canon, <laughs> which has nothing to do with logic at all. <laughs> ah, if any of the crew okay. are listening, tweet us and tell us your opinion. <laughs> Let us know why. <laughs> um, all of like, your your flight, but not your not your psychic magic. Because you'd think that healing would be an extremely important angelic skill well, that and, would be tied in with their grace and angelic essence. So you'd think, well, if they fell, that would be gone as well. But it's yeah, and it's not. difficult to say because you know you you want to say Ezekiel says, but then there was no Ezekiel, so you got to go and say. The drill said, but then we don't know what he was telling the truth or not, so you can't even use him as a reference. So ah, it is a yeah. it is a it is a tricky thing to to try to answer those questions. Um, yeah. My answer, as far as I can tell, is a because or as yeah. some words, <laughs> reasons. Well, it's like because it's reasons. like probably it's it's the writers going, what what do we need to keep in our back? Bag of tricks when we write. Well, we need Cass or another angel to be able to heal because if somebody's physically hurt or killed and we want them back or we want to heal them like Sam or whatever, we're going to have to leave them with that power, but we're okay with them not flying because they can drive or fly in a plane or something like that so we can let that power go. I think it's practical reasons, but I I have to know in the context of the show. It's also a way it's also a way to deal with and the writers have discussed this as well, so I don't feel guilty saying it, but the the juice ex machina that is Castiel where Mm -hmm. what do you do when you're what do you do when your when your friend can do everything? You know, he right. can fly, he can heal, he's invincible except for one weapon that's not exactly available at the gun section of Walmart. And, you know, how do you how do you maintain a vulnerability when that's who you hang out with? Right. So I I think part of it is is have to you have to create vulnerabilities because if we had angels that could fly still, we'd be having you know, we'd have all these conversations, and I'm just going, yeah, I'm bored now. Flitter off. Mm-hmm. Or you, or you sit there and wonder, like, why are you, why are you even having this fight? Why are you going hand to hand when you can just <laughs> flitter off? And kind no. of along the same, on the along the same grounds there. Why did Abaddon and her two demons drive there? Yeah, yeah. probably can still snap in and out. Yep. Well, I think with Abaddon, it may be part Flash. Yeah, it was a very flashy car, very flashy vehicle. Yeah, this this was the episode for... for oh, hold on. This is my other issue. 
<laughs> How do we have? <laughs> okay, so Gadriel steals the Impala, which buys continuity A+. However, how do we have Dean Winchester say, I need to find a car, when he lives in a bunker with an entire garage full yeah. of them? Yeah. Do they not run? They're all in mid as far as I could tell. Even if you don't have the keys, you're Dean Winchester. Hotwire it. They, no, I know, but they can look beautiful, but they if they haven't been driven in God knows how long, that, they won't run. They'll look gorgeous, but they won't run. But everything that's in the Men of Letters bunkers works anyway, even though it shouldn't. That's another good point. You're both right. <laughs> but yeah, that's so. You know, there's going to be. I mean, why would stuff in the bunker work? The, if you had, yeah, we're also talking about the, the magical Wi-Fi that follows Sam around. So that's true. He's like human Bluetooth, you know, just everywhere he goes. He really is. And somebody had tweeted us. It's like every every show, and, and it used to bug me about X Files because they'd be Scully and Mulder would be like buried under the ground in this concrete parking garage and have fabulous cell phone signal. When Especially you know, if I just then. move from one side of my office to the other, I don't get cell phone signal. So, yes, yeah, yeah. If I'm in one corner of my room, oh, fastest ever. If I go and sit on my bed, nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if I'm if I'm looking for clothes in my closet, I have all the three G I can handle. If I go sit on my bed, nothing. And yet, yeah. like you said, Mulder and Scully underground sewer, excellent. <laughs> Sam Winchester is a walkie Wi-Fi tower. Yep. <laughs> like I want there to be a scene where they they discuss the fact that demon blood gives you Wi-Fi capability. <laughs> That's what I want. Explain it to me. A, a fabulous side effect. Of <laughs> hey, where can I where can I get some of that demon blood? It makes like a key one connection. Uh, yeah, I'm my internet sure. has been sucking. My internet has been sucking this week, so I will yeah. take you some demon blood. <laughs> That's how I feel. I feel like he may not be pure, but he can watch streaming videos just fine. <laughs> and that's a, that's a trade off I'd be willing to take. Yeah, seriously. I mean, I can, I can, I can fudge that stuff in the bunker still works because it's like it just works differently than a car yeah. made out of different but materials, and you know, an old belt in a car, you know, mice can get in and eat it, and and that'll do it. Or, I, yeah, yeah. Why wouldn't they use a car in the bunker, or at least try it and go? Well, none of those worked, or I haven't yeah, gassed them up. Maybe the there's idea. no gas in yeah. them. Yeah, that's the idea of him saying. Yeah, the idea of him saying as soon as that, I can't imagine that uh, if that was my garage, I would have already been working on those cars. I would have made sure they mm. run. I would have been like, do this. No, nothing, yeah. nothing at all. So, whatever. But, yeah, again, which is a, oh, how do I want to say this? a continuing pattern that seems to be arising, which happens to shows once they get on in years, is that little things fall through the cracks. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that's that's the extent of what I'm going to say about that right now. Yeah. I, 
I, I wanted to point out that I was glad we got confirmation that Gadriel was actually healing Sam this whole time and not lying yes. about it. Yeah. I think... Uh, I don't think Gadriel had any intention of giving Sam's body up necessarily. I think he had full intention of staying. Because as I've discussed, Sam Winchester is prime real estate. Why would you do up that vessel if you don't have to? But I don't think... I don't think until Metatron presented this opportunity to Gadgel, I don't think Gadgel intended to be that level of disingenuous to Dean. I mean, he hid who he was because he was scared, but I think he had some level of being genuine. And I say that because mm-hmm. he did not have to heal Castiel in episode three. And even or though Charlie. I was say even mm-hmm. though Dean does ask him to heal Charlie mm-hmm. and he tells him I really shouldn't, he still does. And we also have the fact that like like he says, um, you know, Metatron says Metatron tells him, you know, you had the opportunity to kill Dean and you didn't. It doesn't even occur to him to kill Dean. Mm. And I think on some level he he feels a camaraderie with Dean. At least at that point he did. Yeah. I don't think he started out the way he ended up. I think he really did want to do better. I think he really was trying to be good. He wanted to genuinely have another chance. I'm... I think, at least at the beginning, I don't think he was going to keep Sam. I think at the very beginning, he fully intended to his bargain. Everything was on the table, and he meant what he said to, to Dean. You know, when, when he's done, I'll leave. And I think at least at the very beginning, he would have kept his word. I don't know about as time going on. And then, of course, Metatron got in the mix and has, you know, gone completely manipulative and... He's very Machiavellian in this. Um, so that's strange. What's that? You just Vinny? Are you there? Oh, I see why it's strange. Yeah, she's in yeah. the studio twice. Yeah, Vinny? Yeah. Vinny? Okay. Yes. All right. You know, yeah, you're, all of a sudden, like, you just went. <laughs> and, no, yeah, and your all call of a sudden, is still you, there. Yeah, you were making a point, and then all I got was a busy signal, so I have no idea what your point was. Yeah, and it's like it's like you're, I have twin calls from you. It's like your number's there twice. It's like a ghost, and, and you clear. Anyway. That's weird. I'm glad you're there again. <laughs> all right, all right, then. I'm not going to hang up the other one just in case it gets it disconnects. Both of you. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I can actually segue that into a point. I had another point about this season. I don't. Have, it's not a plus or a con. I just think it's interesting that Sam is he's possessed by Gadriel the whole time, and then we get where he's possessed by the Wicked Witch, so he's possessed with two entities at the same time, and then in this episode again, he's possessed by. Gabriel and Crowley, so he's possessed by two entities at the same time. Like, that's 
I find that interesting. I don't have a pro mm. or a con about it. I just think it's kind of nifty. <laughs> poor thing. I mean, poor Sam possessed uh, on and off for years now. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, between Which Meg is- and Lucifer and geez. Okay. That's something, and I, I discussed this with, with Becky, that's something I would love for Jared to talk about. You know, mm-hmm. how he feels, like, how he feels, like, you know how actors make headcanons about their characters. So, like, mm-hmm. basically what Jared thinks Sam thinks, which is a sentence I can actually hear Jared saying. But anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Not to change subject, but really quick, uh article just came in. Jared actually responding to the Justin Bieber people um, to E! News. He told them, um, he said, I was like, uh, Justin Bieber's buddies are going to beat me up. It was like, don't touch our idol. I was like, I was just kind of sending a joke. I was kind of like, hey, buddy. I like, how many times does Jared say like? And then uh, he said, listen, I have a world full of 12-year-olds trying to kill me. So watch my back. We have people watching around for oh, believers. That's from the, yeah, that's, that's taken from that, uh, the red carpet interview he did. That's, that's the transcript of it. Oh, so That is too funny. <laughs> Angry 12-year-olds. Run, Jared. Oh. They're scary. Really, seriously, take it from <laughs> personal experience. Run. Run far. Knee biters. <sighs> Well, Jared and I are tall ankle biters. <laughs> okay, that's your your interesting yeah. discussion. No, and I just think it's um, it was just an observation, but you know, we've only demon wise, we've never had Dean possessed except in his own head. Um, never possessed by an angel. He's had his, I guess his. He's been emotionally possessed by a siren and the Civil War thing, but he doesn't really know what it's like to have to deal with mm. what Sam has dealt with, with something actually taking up residence in his body like that. Yeah. Um, which I think the way I view Dean is that is something that he would he perceives as the absolute worst thing that could happen to him, and yet mm-hmm. he's allowed it to happen to Sam. Because yeah. I think I think Dean's humanity is very important to him. Mm-hmm. I Which think is why. I, I, yeah, like when people kind of like push for Dean to have like an angel storyline or something like that, I mm-hmm. I think it'd be supremely out of character and really I can't see how it would work because the only the real consistent thing with Dean is he's always maintained his humanity. Hmm. It would have to be a situation where it would be maybe similar to to Sam. It would be the other way around. Sam going, yeah, I'm going to make a decision for you, or I'm going to I'm going to trick you. Also, on on that that subject, I hope the first thing Cass did is make sure Sam drives off to get that possession anti possession tattoo put back on. (laughs) And while they go and get that tattoo, will Sam please tell Castiel that Meg is dead? Somebody tell Castiel what happened, please. 
God. Oh, I know. Um, we have a caller. So maybe they have a question or a comment. I'm going to put them on. Yep. Oh, I'm on Hello, Winchester Radio. Hello. Hi, I was wondering if anybody else is getting kind of tired of the um, um, Sam and Dean are, are, are fighting, so one goes off into the other and away from the other one, and at, like at the end of this episode. It seems to happen, I don't know, at this, a lot. At this point, it's pretty much a tradition. I mean, it happens at least once a year, you know. So. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, well, I, I told I think it bugs me. I have to say it bugs I, me because you know, I, I, like I, I told my together, family if like it was. Uh, oh, that that if it was at the end of the season, I might worry. But being in the middle of the season, they'll get back together. They have to. Mhm. Yeah, they'll be back. If not in the next episode, probably right. the one after. They they yeah. never stay apart very long. No. I have yeah. I have mixed feelings about it because on one hand it's it's redundant, on the other hand it makes a degree of sense that if you spend that much time with one person, it is going to constantly come to a head where you're going to be like, get away from me for whatever reason, and then you go yeah. off and like, okay, maybe not. So on one hand it's realistic, but on the other hand it's 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 redundant and vaguely tedious. So I have mixed feelings about it. Yeah. And, and be, especially siblings. I can't ever... imagine being with my brother all the time. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a sibling, but I can't imagine being with... Oh, I mean, I marriage. Marriage confuses me. Because I'm like, wait, one person forever in my house? You're going to be in my house all the time? Oh, in my room, <laughs> too, huh? <laughs> So just on that level, I don't get it. Never mind, like the fact that they are—they are literally like, I live with you, I work with you, you're my best friend. That's, and that's we travel suffocating. long times in the car. Yeah, and it's—I can see where it's a suffocating thing. So realistically, for it to come to a head makes sense, and if it didn't, right. it really. You know, there, there, there's discussions about the codependency and and how people feel about it, but I feel like if it didn't come to a head on occasion, I'd worry more about the codependency than I do. Yeah, okay, I see that point. Mm -hmm. So, I have mixed feelings about it. (laughs) Yeah, and this time, Dean was the one who left. He chose to leave. Yeah, he's he's left before, though. Sometimes not on his own choice, but he has. They've had where they've left, or it's been an agreement to leave kind of thing. I think we'll be on the point of Sam running off. I think we're, we're past that. I think especially so, too. I hope season, so. Yeah, especially in the season, we do have Sam, which I've discussed my resentment about the line anyway, but we do have Sam saying, I'm good. I'm, I'm, you know, I have friends. I have a home. I have. I like my job. I'm good right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think we're past We're past him saying, you know, him this isn't what I want. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I think... You know, the, the idea that, you know, what is he going to do? You know, Sam, Sam Winchester doesn't exist. He's he's dead. He died four, what, six years ago? Legally. 
so he's never going to be able to go back to school. He's never going to be able to get, like, a legitimate job. Yeah. And what kind of job, like, what kind of job can you really do after you save the world? What kind of job is fulfilling? <laughs> and dealt with Lucifer in your head and, 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 and. Yeah, like, <laughs> what what compares to that? <laughs> I'm not sure anything would. So I, I, yeah, that's my thoughts. <laughs> I can see, like you said, how it how it can be realistic, but at the same time, it's mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like okay, well, the boys are apart again, and they'll get back. Yeah, be it's, together. it's frustrating. Yeah. I miss them together, and just because they're together doesn't mean they have to be they have to get along, and everything has to be sweetness and light. And I miss them working together. And even when they've been together this season, it hasn't been Sam. It's been right. No, or it's it's not so. only Sam. So right. Oh, yeah. I think I think for me, like I was saying in the beginning, that I was struggling with the first half of the season, is because for me it suffers from what season seven suffered from, where you're giving me Sam and Dean, but you're not. You're giving me Sam and Dean, but you're not giving me Sam and Dean. So. There, I'm not feeling the connection there, despite the fact that they're both sitting right next to each other. They do seem to have a chemistry, and, oh, and I don't mean anything sexual by that at all. No, they're always going to have a definite, you know, it's always going to come across <laughs> on the screen, but the writing isn't going to reflect it. And I think, like I said, that was my one of my major problems with season seven was that you're giving me two actors that are working well together and you're telling me that they're, that they're brothers, and they're, but I don't, your writing isn't reflecting it. Mm-hmm. And part of it in the first half of the season is because Dean is keeping this huge secret that you feel the distance that Dean is creating. It, it's palpable, which is, you know, it's good because it's well done, but as a viewer, it's off-putting because it's not what you want. Do you think they'll ever stop lying to each other? I would like for them to stop telling the big lies. I think everybody lies <laughs> to some degree. You know, I don't think you tell everybody everything about your life. And when, even when you're in a, whether it's a, I don't know, I assume because I don't have a sibling. But even when you're in a working relationship or a, any kind of relationship you have, there's some things that you don't, you either don't tell, you hide, or you slightly, you slightly fudge. So I don't, yeah. you know, I don't think it's, it's against human nature to be 100% honest 100% of the time. But I'd like for them to stop telling the, the you know, the big gaping mm-hmm. wound lies because mm, that's, you know. <laughs> and there's just been so many of them, but I don't but, know. Sometimes that's what keeps coming back, right? Yeah. What, oh, yeah. What's this one gonna do when they when he finds out what the other one knows? Because the problem, like the problem with this one, was not just the lie of it, but because of the lie, it was, or because of the manipulation, he had to continue the lie. Mm-hmm. So, it was more the kind of lie versus just the fact that it's a lie. For me, for me. Well, to, and to you, for me, it was that you know it did affect Cass when Cass needed help and. Sam was like, wait, why didn't we help Cass? And, you know, he just couldn't explain it all. 
Yeah, and because, again, you know, here's an interesting thing what Cassiel says. He says that it's not their dumbasses, it's that they're too trusting. Mm-hmm. But on one hand, yes, Dean trusted Ezekiel, who he thought was Ezekiel. But he didn't trust Cass or Kevin enough to tell them and trust them to not, as far as he's concerned, screw it up. And whether that's guilt or the fact that he, or guilt or controlling, either way, he didn't do it. Right. Yeah, he, he, he seems to take all the burdens, Dean, takes all the burdens on himself. He, he mm-hmm. doesn't want to put any more burdens on anybody else. But because he doesn't, he ends up doing it anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. I appreciated him apologizing to Cass in this episode of for kicking him out of the bunker, and you know it's a small consolation, <laughs> but you know <laughs> it, it, it did it did bother him, you know, and and Cass didn't bring it up or or didn't seem to stay angry, but. At least Dean apologized and yeah, something I mean, he he can't apologize to Kevin, but you know that's a whole other thing. <laughs> I'm so mad about Kevin. No, no can't. <laughs> yeah, that was sad. <laughs> that was a character oh. with such great evolution. <laughs> oh. I know. It is it's really especially painful. He really is losing. Yeah. There's some deaths that really hit you and some that you're like, eh, that was a that was a hitter. Kevin felt like kinda like the Wesley Wyndham Price of Supernatural, you know. He went from this little nerdy guy to being a you know, a kick ass, you know, demon fighter. Which is, you know, like Wesley Mm -hmm. and then died died Mm -hmm. a tragic death. Just like Wesley, so. And that's a really yeah, good analogy. Yeah. I, I ended up feeling about Kevin the way I felt about Wesley, where in the beginning, take him or leave him, whatever. Uh, and then mm-hmm. in the end, it's like, don't ever leave me. Very, very my, sad. Both, both. My teenage daughter was heartbroken when Kevin died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's valid. That's valid. And, of course, you know, with, with, with Supernatural, a lot of it, you know, it's, there's also a good chunk of it that's just because of the actor. So, you know, we all feel love with mm-hmm. Osric as well. So, wait, I was like, what do you yeah. mean I'm not going to see him anymore? I don't accept that. Of course, yeah. you know, this is supernatural. So, even though right. you, you burn a body and I still don't trust you, I still don't trust you. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought that I mean, you really you will rip out my heart just to put it back in my chest. So. Yeah. I'm still clinging to my hopes that um, Kevin and Mama Tran will be fighting Metatron from heaven. That's that's my hope. <laughs> hey, I can get yeah, behind that. That would be great. I can uh-huh. get behind that. Yep. But definitely. by saying that, you're saying that Mama Tran is dead, and again, I don't accept that. <laughs> well, now that I, Kevin's dead. I hadn't seen a body, you know. I mean, I I didn't I didn't believe it. I I thought she was off with the yeah. earth. Yeah, habeas you know. corpus. Habeas mm-hmm. corpus. Mm-hmm. And well, Crowley is a liar, so. Yeah, well, yeah. Because there's no, there's no deal involved with this one, so he can lie and not feel 
bound by businessman ethics. Um. Who do you think's going to win hell, Carly or Abaddon? Who I want to win and who I think might win. Because I have, I have reasons for each, either one of them winning. I can see. I, you know, the thing with, the biggest thing I have with Abaddon winning is also the biggest thing I have with Crowley winning. If you can, it's weird to say, but for Abaddon winning, Mark, we've had Mark Shepard for a long time. Mark mm-hmm. Shepard is, is a big name, you know. He's, on he's on every show that's ever been made, basically. And for us to have had him for so long, I can you know I can see him saying, "Hey, you know, other shows want me too." And we've been really lucky to have him for so long. So I can I could see him possibly moving on. But it's also the same. That's also the same reason why I can see him staying because he is such a big name and they want to keep him. So I don't know. Basically, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> it worries me that Crowley pointed out that people around Dean ha- tend to have a short life expectancy. And then, yeah, <laughs> we'll see what happens. I like that Crowley is almost like the voice of us, where he's, because he he says it, like, he told Kevin... You're, this is going to screw you. And he's telling mm-hmm. them, you know, exactly what we're saying as, as a fan base. We're saying we're so tired of Sam being in trouble. Why can't Sam do for himself? And you have Crowley saying, oh, is the giant baby in trouble again? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it so, always happens to Sam. Everything bad always happens to Sam. Which is, you know, not necessarily. There was that time that Dean went to hell. That was bad. Well, yeah. That 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 kind of sucked for him. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he, yes. he went to purgatory. Yes, it did. From purgatory, yeah, there was there was that. Uh, there was that time that Lucifer beat Dean's face in. That that was rough. Yeah, yeah. So you know, sometimes but, sometimes sometimes Dean gets to be in, in the damsel in distress, and that's a good time. Uh, but <laughs> I. I do feel I do feel it. Oh, I have such mixed feelings about Crowley versus Abaddon because I really enjoy Abaddon, but I also <laughs> how do I phrase this? I don't trust them to let the woman live when the man is so popular. <laughs> <laughs> I see Crowley very much as, as being modeled after, and this might sound completely nuts, so I'm sorry, but um, Hannibal Lecter from no, the um, that's not series. That's not nuts. I, I've seen it time and time again, even down to the, in the dealing, well, you give me this and I'll give you that, quid pro quo. Mm-hmm. And it's like, No, oh. that's not nuts. I'm a little more scared of Hannibal Lecter than I am of Crowley, <laughs> but... um. And perhaps it should be not be that way. <laughs> the king of hell, you know. But no, actually, that that analogy is quite apt. I I like that. I like that a lot because it it makes a lot of sense. Now I, I have to also, admit that I'm, I'm mildly in love with Hannibal Lecter. He's like one of the well, best villains I've ever seen. I think that's the thing about about a villain. We're you know we're attracted to villains because 
on an on an authorial level, writers tend to give villains the kind of layers and depths that they don't often give to the good guy. The good guy yeah. is stalwart, which is something Supernatural doesn't do. It does give you know your protagonist a darker side, so there are levels. But usually we have a villain where you know you get the depth, you get the trauma, and as viewers, as humans, we can identify with trauma. And so it's that it's that idea of everybody's the good guy of their own story. Oh, uh-huh. So I think that's why we tend to really gravitate towards villains because they're just so they're just so fun and they're so you know, <laughs> how he's got issues. He's also a really smart character, so he, and he's got a lot of quips and he's got a lot of insight. You always have a villain that's going to look at the good guy and give you the insight into him. So, I do think, as much as I like Abaddon, I think Crowley's a better character at this but it's also because we've had him for so long. Yeah, he, he definitely has a history, a uh, backstory, that's the word I was looking for. Mm-hmm. So, I would... <laughs> I don't... AT underscore Supernatural on Twitter just um, tweeted us a really good question. She wants to know, what do we think about Kadrill and Crowley knowing the location of the bunker? Mm. They can't get in, though. Crowley doesn't actually know the location. Well, they, he has, they, he does, I believe he does, because they had to walk out of it to Kestdale's car. <laughs> Although if I'd, the, like if it was, that, I'd like to believe that, that that Dean was smart enough to put a bag over Crowley's head for that. <laughs> I really yeah. want to believe that that Dean was smart enough for that. I, I think, think so was. too because there was quite a distance. There could have been a distance between yeah. the door of the bunker to when we see the woman neighbor supposedly watching them. So I would mm-hmm. I would hope that at least he doesn't know the exact location, but he's got a pretty good idea now because he's got the neighborhood and and shame on that demon woman, poor Muffin the dog. <laughs> I'm not laughing the blood bowl again. I thought it was I thought it was pretty easy actually. That's why I'm laughing. Like in an episode that was so intense, I thought that was super cheesy. <laughs> Really. Oh and naming the dog muffins. This is so cliche. I was like, Oh, Andre Dob. I hope you I hope you're being ironic. <laughs> and um Gadriel definitely knows the location. Oh, yeah. And we right. know the place it, the place is not warred against angels because apparently Castiel just walked right in. So mm-hmm. which again that's not my my problem. Is, is how did Castiel walk right in? Bean did not let him in. You have told me before yeah. that, that you can't just walk into the bunker. As one of my questions as well. Yeah, I did think about that because, like, did, so Gadriel left and he forgot to lock the door behind him. I guess. <laughs> Or no, actually, I take that back. It would be Dean who forgot to lock the door behind him because Dean went out to uh, give Kevin his burial or his funeral. So it would be Dean who didn't lock the door behind him. 
And that's a very fancy key, you know, so there's only yes. one. You can't just walk you just can't you can't just walk into a any old key locksmith and go, you know, could you replicate this, please take <laughs> But if there's a key, there must be a must be a lock. <laughs> And more of a problem with the fact that Cash just walked right in. Another question from mm-hmm. Twitter from Cass X the X Angel wants to know what did we think of Dean and Cass's heart to heart talks? I thought they were really sweet. I I I really love Dean and Castiel's friendship, brotherhood thing they have. And I love when you know, Castiel was trying to, you know, get Dean's mind off of his brother who's being tortured by a demon at the time, getting nails put into his head or whatever they were. And he was there for him and trying to get his mind off of it. I thought that was really sweet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How about you, Ben? And that's why they wanted rest bromance. Yeah, well, all three of them did. Yeah. So. Yeah, like, but, but I like Cass staying with Sam at the end. Of course, Dean would have pushed Cass away not to go with him anyway, but you could but see that he wanted to like, help. But no, because my thing with that is Cass knows that Sam's the one who needs him. You know, mm-hmm. he says he's going to continue her to heal Sam, and I like that we're finally going to. I really yes. I love Sam and Castiel together, and we we I do, do not too. we we do I not get enough adorable. Yeah. <laughs> we don't get I enough think... scenes of them together. And, no, we don't. Uh, if you has anybody watched the sneak peek for next week's episode? Yeah. Oh, yes. Okay, oh, go to the other one. <laughs> it may be my all-time favorite scene. It was it's so no, horrible. And this is one of those weird things. It's it's the comfort level you have with somebody to stick your finger in their food. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. He stick his finger <laughs> in in his peanut butter. No, Cass didn't look too happy about it though. He kind of looked like no, Sam, like, but that's the best friend. Sticking your finger right in my peanut butter. No, <laughs> yeah, and this is why I say it. Um, when Becky and I travel together. Becky never finishes her food. It's just this thing. She never finishes. She eats like half a meal all the time. And basically, I just know that I have to order something different than her, and then I get the rest of her food. It's true. It's true. It, 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 it is a consistent thing. I get like a third to a half of all of her meals. It's great. And I, I don't have to offer. She doesn't have to ask. We just know it's going to happen. No, I just grab her. I know, when she, I know when she's done, I just grab her plate. So I like that. I like that, I like the, you know, it, it, there was no hesitation. I'm just going to stick my finger in your food. <laughs> um, and I, have, as far, I totally agree with Castiel on the jelly versus jam. Oh, He's exactly you. right. Grape jelly, no, you know, way time, many times. Well, better I've than never jam. even had grape jam, but the thing about jam is, jam has its own place in life, and the place for jam is not on a peanut butter sandwich. See, I accidentally bought grape jam, 
Grape jelly is the only kind I'll eat. I love grape jelly. And I accidentally bought grape jam a few months ago, and so I was fixing a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and I was like, this consistency is not the right consistency for this jelly, and it was jam. So I had to eat it because I'd already made it, and I was like, oh, no, never again. Yeah, no. No, I, I feel like jam has, its, jam has its place in life, but it, that's just not the place for it. Going back no. to Dean and Castiel, because I, I accidentally glossed right over that. Um, oh, sorry. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed... I enjoyed them finally talking, like having real conversation, versus half a sentence and then grunt kind of things. So I enjoyed... While I don't agree with what Cash says about you know, you were stupid for the right reasons. I don't necessarily agree with that statement. I like them having that conversation. And I like, and Becky and I talked about this, but there's two ways to interpret the scene. No, it wasn't me and you. It was me and Sue. Sometimes I talk about the show too much and I forget who I say things with. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, we talked about how when Dean says, how have you been? And Cass says, you want to talk about me? And there's two ways to read that scene. You can read yeah. it as... That was me. You, that was yeah, me. You, 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 that way. Oh, then I had the conversation twice because Sue's husband weighed in. Oh, my God, I had this conversation twice. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, you can read it as, this is not the time to be talking about me. Why do you want to do that? Because on an angel level, he doesn't get this, like the point of distraction. But you can also read it as, you actually have a degree of interest in my life for once, really? Because Dean has never shown interest in what Castiel is going through. It's always about what Dean and Dean wants. And, you know, when Dean prays, he prays for Castiel to get to come and fix something. And he doesn't care what Cass has going on separately. It's irrelevant to Dean. Well, there's so. a couple of times that Cass has been going through stuff and Dean has said, talk to me, and he means it. He's telling what's going on with you. There's something wrong. So it's not, he's not, it's not always. I can't think of a time. Direction. Tell me a time because I honestly can't think of one. So tell me one. Uh, you know. When he was um, in the, working as the, in the um, uh, convenience store. Yeah. I'm still angry at him for mocking Castiel's station in life, so, well. I don't know. I I always go back to when when he tells because it's one of those things that just sticks with you that really makes me mad. When he tells Cass, nobody cares that you're broken. When Cass is crazy, and he tells him nobody cares that you're broken, and that just it's one of those things that it's it is one of those like man up. You have things that I need you to do, and I don't care what you're going through. There was also the episode in season six. I'm thinking it may be the Western um, Frontierland, but I'm not 100 percent positive. Yes, where we're, no, it's Frontierland. Where yes, I know what you're going to talk about. They called yeah. for Castiel and he didn't show up, and Rachel showed up, and she told them, you know, Castiel's not here for your beck and call. Well, and, no, and then later in that episode, when he brings them back, Dean says, "Take us back now," and. 
cast like I can't. And Sam is the one that tells you, look at him. He's spent. He can't. Which is, I just love Sam and Cass so much. Um, and they're like, I'm going to cut them. Uh, Sam is but, always the one to take up for Castiel. Always. Yes. And I and love I think, that. Because I've always felt that Cass is such a better friend to Dean than Dean is to Cass. I hands down. Hands down. I just think he's such a better friend. And, I, and part of that could be that Dean doesn't know how to be a friend. And considering all the bad things that Castiel has done to Sam... Sam is is always the one that takes up for Castiel. I think that Sam and Castiel are very parallel characters, which makes sense that Dean would care about them both, which makes sense that Dean would would latch on to both of them because he he can probably sense the similarities with them. But I do think they're very parallel characters. And so that forms a bond there that I really enjoy and I like watching the dynamic of. So I think sometimes when Cass is going through something, I think it's part of it is obviously that Sam is empathetic, but part of it I think is an, an identification kind of thing. I agree. Now we have another interesting question from Twitter from HR Zone 2. By the way, this guy makes great custom figures. We, we retweet his pictures, so check them out. But um, he asked us, how do you feel about Dean working with Crowley even after all the stuff he pulled in episodes like Clip Show? Then he hashtags Sarah Blake. <laughs> um, with regards to Sarah Blake, um, I don't I don't even know how well Dean registers that in a way because that wasn't his that wasn't his connection. That was a connection through a connection kind of thing for him. Um, but in the overall aspect, I think there's definitely going to be resistance on Dean's part. I I, I feel I okay with it because um, at this point, Crowley's the most the most trustworthy person they've got. I, I think it's going to be a, a tool, a means to get to the end. They both want the same end, and they so they'll work together this time and well we've seen yeah. that before we'll work together this time but next time yeah i think he i think dean's willing to work with crowley on a short-term basis when he knows that he can trust crowley um in the long-term scheme of it it would be really strange and off-putting i'd be more regarding like you know he hashtagged at sarah blake I'd be more taken aback if it was Sam working with Crowley at this point. But with Dean, and I can see Dean having a level of himself right now where he feels so low and he feels, like he says, he feels like he's poison, that I can see him thinking that working with Crowley is just one more thing. Or it's... um Teen's idea of a really bad joke since Crowley said everybody around him has a short lifespan. Maybe he's hoping that'll rub off on Crowley. (laughs) (laughs) Well played, well played. (laughs) Um, As a viewer, I'm interested to see, like, taking the meta out of it, I think it'll be a lot of fun. Oh, I do too. This week, I absolutely loved seeing, you know, Crowley and Castiel and Dean and even though it wasn't Sam, but Jared, uh, you know, 
in the scenes together, they, you know, I, I like having the group together like that. I, well, I just want to hear Crowley and Dean sniping each other. Exactly. Well, with the with the four of them, and I'm pretty sure this conversation was was with Sue, or maybe I had it twice again. I don't know. But you know, in an you know, Supernatural is never going to be an ensemble. It just doesn't work that way. But in an ensemble theory, I could watch 42 minutes of Crowley being sassy, Cassiel being growly, Dean like just you know kicking back with his arms across his chest, drinking a beer, and Sam cycling through personas. I'm I'm fine. That's entertainment. I'm good. <laughs> so you, I loved you want, it. You want Sam I loved in the episode when, when uh, Dean told Cass to get in the back seat, too, and yes. they started fighting <laughs> like children. I feel like at this point, like with Sam, we could just like go ruffle his hair and he'd be a new personality. Like, like you know how you just like flip a Rolodex? We'll just ruffle his hair and boom, new personality. Um, I did like the get in the back scene, but as I said before, I love the. I would have. I would have been like, no, I'm driving my car. Use in the bag with Crowley. <laughs> Yeah, I could watch a 42-minute road trip. That would be awesome. Just listening yeah. to them all snipe. That would be fun. It's a good time. I want to know, this is completely off-topic, but not completely, but when they remove the needles from Sam's head, I feel like there should be more blood, and that should have more of an issue before... Cass healed him. Like, why didn't Cass heal him while he was still sitting, like, still there? Why are we waiting for outside? Uh, you know, a, it, I'm really disturbed by that. Sam has a magic head. Not to pull a psych <laughs> reference here, but he's not Gus. <laughs> but, you know, look at all Sam's head has been through. I mean, he's oh been knocked out. He gets knocked out basically all the time. You know, he's had angels, demons, you know, everything in his brain. Uh, you know, he he's, you know, actually been mental in a mental hospital. He's just, he's been choked. He's been deprived of oxygen, you know, so many times. The guy has to have a magic head since he's not, you know, brain damaged by now. Plus, he has Wi-Fi currents going through him. Exactly. See, it all comes back to that. You know, I just yeah, that was because you know the head, the head needles was just so. Oh, the, when the first one went in, I actually, my mom and I actually screamed. <laughs> ah! Yeah, it was really hard to watch mm-hmm. for everybody, <laughs> viewers and uh, and beans. Yeah, and I do get. You know, I meant to mention this earlier, but I got sidetracked, obviously. But um. You know, Jensen had mentioned several times in the past, you know, couple months that this was an episode that just really was hard for him, just really weighed on him, just really, you know, hardest thing for him, to, one of the hardest ones for him to film. And I kept thinking, after nine years, or really? No, I get it. I I get it. But no, then I I can't imagine. I, you know, they're I they're in character doing that. I can't imagine. You know being an actor and acting against someone for so long and having them in that situation, it, it, I'm sure it has to mess with you a bit. 
I don't. I don't see how this was harder to film than All Hell Breaks Loose when, you know, Sam's laying there in the bed and he has this amazing emotional speech. Well, you he, know, did that, say, he, didn't, he says it's one of the hardest. He didn't say it is the hardest. No, but in that, in that moment, yes, I, and I will say that it's one of Jensen's best, best performances on the show is when, when – Sam is dead, oh. but there's no no, no matter there's how many no times feedback. I watch that, still kills me. Yeah, but there's no feedback from Sam either. But here, you know, you have Jared as Gadriel, but in Sam's body, screaming like that. It was really hard to listen to the way Jared was acting and the way he sounded and the way he was screaming. I mean, you just you believed he was in. It was just so horrific and horrible. Pain. It was. It was like the worst I've ever heard, like in that show. You know, it was. I mean, we it's awful, but we're used to a lot of screaming. You know, not just from from Sam and Dean being tortured, but but you know other you know teens or or whatever. But that was just different. The sounds were different. And another. One of my little favorite moments in the scene was was around in that scene. It was towards the end, right before he lets Crowley, um, Crowley possess him. Um, he tells Crowley, "I will destroy you," and then he kind of leans back in the smirk on his face and everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was amazing. No, Jared as Gadriel when he's angry is terrifying. Oh my mm. god! Yes. And just when he, like, when he says, and I have all the time in the world, and just kind of sits back again, I'm like, this is scary. Very, very yeah. scary. <laughs> uh, it was easy to cheer for like, Sam that moment. Yeah, go, you know, those scenes, those scenes, you know, those scenes and those moments, too. I love Castiel when he realizes that it's Gadriel, and his just breakdown about it, that it's all mm, your fault. Yes. And he just says, this is your mm. fault. This is your fault. It's all your fault. Yeah. The world is the way it is because of the drill, basically. He's the one who yeah. let yep. sin into the world. So. And we're so, you know, everyone's so used to blaming Lucifer for things. But without... Without Gadriel, there'd be no there'd be no issue with Lucifer, right? And so basically, Castiel has daddy issues because of Gadriel. Yeah, yeah. Like, let's be real. Like, this is on a on a on a world level and a personal level. Everything in Castiel's life, everything that's gone wrong in Castiel's life is because of this other angel. And I like that when, you know, Dean pulls him back, like, yeah, Cass, he, he, he gives, it gives him pause, but Dean actually, you know, has to put his hands up like, whoa, whoa, not touching you, sorry, sorry. Mm. So I thought all of that was really well, well directed, well blocked, and well acted. Mm. I can't imagine the show without any of those four guys. It just wouldn't be the same anymore. <laughs> Sam Dean and, and Cass and Crowley. 
which is why I say, you know, on on some level, I know I I feel like in the Abaddon Crowley aspect of it, it's going to end up, you know, Crowley for you know Crowley as the president. It's either that or Abaddon and Crowley both perish, but yeah, cause, which is, like I said, I. I don't. I, I'm just surprised we've had Mark Shepard this long. I really, really well, am. Well, and I had said um, in in the roundtable yeah. that I mentioned earlier that I do with uh, with ScreenFad, I went. I was the unpopular opinion that I was like, you know what, Crowley's shelf life, like, that, okay, it's getting farcical at this point. And then this episode mm-hmm. happened, and I went, no, no, you can stay. We have you have breathed new life into this character. We are good. You can stay. Yeah, because I, it was it was uh, getting farcical. Yeah, and I, I yeah. like some more human Crowley. It's just really bringing a lot more depth and dimension mm-hmm. to the character. And does it irritate me a bit that there Crowley has to get Crowley? How do I say this? There's just so much character development for Crowley that I think. I really feel like that character development really belonged to Meg, <laughs> and it was all been given to Crowley. Um, and I don't say that just as, you know, someone who's really obsessed with Meg Masters, and I admit that I am, but um, I say that also as just, you know, without any bias, I do feel like her character was set up for all the character development that has just been handed to Crowley. my opinion. Yeah, I can see that. But again, I mm-hmm. just have copious levels of Meg Masters love. She could come back. I mean, this is supernatural. I'm still holding out for it. And I love Bobby Thompson, but if he thinks I'm ever going to forgive him for it, he's wrong. <laughs> and I have told him to his face. So, if Meg comes back, though, it probably will be in a different actress. Which, yes, yeah, which is fine. Mm. When I say I Meg, love Nikki, I love yeah. Nikki Acock. I've been a huge Nikki Acock fan for years and years. So when she appeared on Supernatural for the first season, I was like, oh, yes, oh, love her. And so then I was really upset when she died. And then, but I fell in love with Rachel Miner as Meg, too, so... Kind of like the doctor, Yeah, I yeah when I say Meg, when I say Meg, I mean the character. But I do, and I love Nikki Acox's portrayal of Meg, but the Meg that I fell in love with was Rachel's. With yeah, Nikki, maybe. it was, you are a badass character, and I really like you, and then... Yeah, but with with Rachel, it was I, never leave me. I love you. Please marry Castiel and go have demon hybrid babies. Go. Maybe you know, maybe she can be like the doctor and just keep you know regenerating. True. Speaking of what I just said about demon hybrid babies, I find it really interesting that we have, we have another demon female that's like you know who's hot Castiel. It's <laughs> 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 like wow, really. <laughs> I enjoy that. I enjoy the idea of Castiel being the angel that all the demons want to have a poster of above their bed. Now that's an image for you. 
Uh, KG underscore Supernatural has another question. Um, she says, do we think Crowley has retained his humanity? He seems sorry about Kevin and tried comforting Sam, or is it just a means to an end? I don't know if it's... I don't even know if it's so much the humanity, but I do feel that his... his... his the way he reacted to Kevin's death, I feel like that was very genuine. I really don't think that. I mean, he and he had no, you know, at that point he still walked up and mm-hmm. there's no reason for him. To, there's no reason for him to fake that. I think he was just mad that he didn't do it, and it was the angels that did it. I don't really think so with that. Not at that. I point. think it, which I might think be was, a humanity thing. But I, I think yeah, he I was think, generally. I think he was genuinely mournful of, of Kevin, Kevin's no longer existing, because I think he, I think he had a very, in the end, he had a really strong respect for Kevin, I think. Because Kevin was yeah. a challenge to him. Mm-hmm. So I think that was, that was definitely, I'm not saying, you know, he cared about Kevin, but I, I do believe that there was respect there. And I, I really felt that I really felt that that was genuine when he was like, "I'm sorry to hear that." Um, that reminds me. That reminds me. Kevin is supposedly the last of the prophets. Yes. There was no That's other prophet called. Yeah, Metatron no. said he flipped the switch. Then no more. Or is it just no more that prophets. Metatron is saying there's no more prophets? You know, he's. Well, we, we know that there were we know that there were you know prophets and what it, there was um like Buffy's Buffy's potentials there were potential prophets we know that because Crowley was killing them off mm-hmm. um, so we know that the that it was there to happen I do think that at this point Metatron you know can control it yeah I agree I think he did turn it off you know that. Not, no more will be called, you know, until, mm-hmm. then, you know, when the angels go back to heaven, I, I would assume they could turn it back on, you know, whatever this so-called switch is. But, yeah, as of right now, I was, there's no more prophets being called. I think nope. that's just because uh, Metatron doesn't want anybody to know there's a way to fix it. Mm. No, he's covering all his bases. He's getting rid of anybody and everything that could interfere with him or that he just feels like. Even though Crowley uh, said that there was no way to undo it, I don't believe Crowley. The the backpack that Gadrill brought to Metatron, it, um, it had the angel tablet in it. Did it also have the demon, uh, um, Leviathan, demon tablets, did it also have those in there? Because it seemed pretty heavy. Mm. Although I've, I've, I've always been under the impression that they are very heavy individually because it is, mm-hmm. you know, the straight from the word of God, straight from God's mouth. But, and it seems uh, like um, Metatron or Gadriel, one of them, used the plural. So I'm assuming he probably brought whatever they had. And and I didn't catch um, towards the end when they did manage to get um, 
Adriel out of Sam. Who asked Metatron if he was having Winchester problems? So Metatron asked Gadriel. Oh, okay. Okay. I I missed that. (laughs) It was it was a very subtle scene overall. Which I what was Metatron's reasoning for being in that bar though? Like he picked the bar with the original vessel for some kind of reason. Was it just to kind of mess with Gadriel or I was wondering the same thing, yeah, why did he pick that one? And obviously, you know, he spent it what what, like thirteen, fourteen hours sitting at that bar? Didn't that vessel ever go, you know, this guy is kind of skeevy? <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, Tomo. Well, I'm thinking and I feel bad that we never knew his name, so I just keep calling him the vessel, the original vessel. I, I, I guess like now, he's, now he's Gadriel, so. I like what you called him in your first recap of the season, Hot Drifter Angel. Hot Drifter Angel. Yes. Yeah. True. But that's when I thought he was Ezekiel. <laughs> I was so team Ezekiel. I'm so mad. <laughs> um, real quick, since we only have about yeah, we're almost out of time. Left, yes. Um, I wanted I wanted to mention that um, we have a giveaway going on right now for a really amazing. Demon Hunter jersey um, made by Geeky Jerseys. Um, they retail for $99, and we have a contest going where you can enter to get one, to get one, you know, for free. Um, so just go to our website, WinchesterBros.com, and look for the link there, and you can enter for this amazing jersey. I wish I could have one. Wish we could win, mm-hmm. and but we're not allowed. And. Um, <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, also, um, so Austin has, has some amazing supernatural and other fandom things that she she um, creates. She has scarves, jewelry. She's amazing. We have a link to her also on our website. So Geek Austin, very very cool stuff. Yep. And next Sunday we will be doing a, a SPM binge watch with. Uh, we partnered up with TV show ratings site uh, TV Binges, and what we're going to be doing is watching a selection of episodes uh, from various seasons. We're going to be doing the pilot, Crotoan, What Is and What Should Never Be, Mystery Spot, Heaven and Hell, The End, Swan Song, and Sacrifice. And we'll be tweeting from our account as well as Sophia M. Porter, which is, that's her Twitter handle, will be tweeting for TV Binges from that account. And we'd like you all to join us. Um, it'll be with hashtag SBNBinge, and that's Sunday the 26th. If you go to their website, showratings.tv, um, it actually has the times that we'll be watching the episodes, and they're all listed in central time. So just plug it into a Google time converter and find the time where you are. And also, one um, next week's podcast will be on Saturday. Um, I believe it's Saturday. Yeah, mm-hmm. Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, at we will be having 
very special guest. I'm very excited. Um, Timothy Amundsen, who was guest starring in this week's coming episode, uh, will be on our podcast Saturday. And anybody who watches Psych knows him as um, Carlton Lasseter. He was also on Jericho and Deadwood. I mean, he's just been around in some amazing shows and very excited that he's going to be joining us next week. So you make sure you do not want to miss our podcast on Saturday. And he also knows what it's like to be at a supernatural convention, so... Yes, he was at the karaoke for one. Or two, mm-hmm. he went to two. 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 And I missed both of them. I've ne- and I've never forgiven myself for that. So, don't miss that. Yep. A lot of big stuff coming up. Um, are we winding down our podcast for this evening covered everything about road trip um so thank you to our caller i'm sorry did you did you say your name i we got so busy talking and no i'm sorry i'm melinda i'm melinda i just like hung on here i'm sorry um no no well thanks for calling thanks for uh all the discussion and everything. I love this show. It's like the only show my whole family watches, so it's just an awesome show. <laughs> well, as long according to Mark Tedowitz, as long as we all keep watching and Jared and Jensen keep signing contracts, we get our show for as long as we want. This is true. But it's a nice change. <laughs> it's a nice yeah, change it's a nice change from um, previous previous uh, network traumatizing season ending nervousness going yeah. God, okay. so they're coming back <laughs> um, I'd like to thank everybody uh-huh. else for listening um, for tweeting questions again. to us tweeting questions, calling in um, another great episode thank you to everybody in Supernatural um Continuing to keep us interested and engaged and cranky and opinionated and and loving it and breaking our hearts, I guess, too. Um, again, you can find us, uh, our podcast, blogtalkradio.com slash media boulevard. Please visit our website, winchesterbros.com. Lots of information uh, there, including the latest things about the Jensen and Jarrett presenting on the Critics' Choice Awards, among many other things. You can find a link to our podcast there as well, as long as the contest is going on, that sort of thing. Uh, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter, Winchester Bros, on both of those. Again, all sorts of supernatural news and uh, things about our podcast there. You can go back on our archives. You can also search for blogtalkradio.com, Winchester Radio, and that will take you back. We have lots of interviews. Um, I think that's it. We'll see you next week with our newest guest. Uh, that is in next week's episode, Tim Munson. And don't forget about Supernatural Binge watching. Well, I think that's it for tonight. Yes. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Good night, everyone. Good night. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.